The Ringer's Charles Holmes and co-host Grace Spellman present the most notorious new podcast in the industry, The Ringer Music Show. Every Tuesday, they'll bring you the latest news, the hottest takes, and the deepest reporting about the wild world of music and the chaotic industry that creates it. Check out The Ringer Music Show exclusively on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Micah Peters. We're your Sound Only co-hosts here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts this week about dumb anime bullshit. We're finally going to clarify exactly what we mean when we when we just kind of like throw that out there. Yeah, because last week, um, first of all, just the whole phrase dumb anime bullshit really gets me thinking about how much swearing we do on this pod. Definitely like relative to other ringer pods. I feel like a lot of swearing happens and Erica never complains about it, our intrepid producer. Um, This is like the one, I think, use of swearing that I need to hold on to is dumb anime bullshit. Last week, we talked about Loki, Tenet, and time travel, right? Um, And, you know, the breakdown in that episode was Micah was sort of like tentatively like, yeah, yeah, things about Loki are cool. And then Micah just savaging Tenet. Meanwhile, (laughs) I can't stand Loki. And yet I I enjoyed Tenet. I like Tenet and I defended it roughly as I thought it's I thought Tenet's approach to time travel was more in the spirit of dumb anime bullshit. And on a lot of episodes of this podcast, right? Um, when we are talking about something that we both like or one of us really likes, um, and we talk about a lot of stuff that's dumb in this podcast, but the stuff that is effusively dumb and that we're effusive about, I think we tend to sort of put in that category of, yeah, this thing has a lot of magic and stupid rules and plot and continuities and stuff like that, but it's dumb anime bullshit. Yeah. You just gotta like let go and let the let the mangaka, you know? Like it's just kinda like let let it 
let go and let God let go. <laughs> let my God, I hate you. Um, <laughs> but but the reason so the reason we, we're going to circle back and talk about dumb anime bullshit is just because last week Freddie, recurring character on this podcast, Freddie texted me. Right, he was listening to the episode, and Freddie said something like, "Your," he, he's talking to me. He said, uh, "My defense of Tenet." And like Micah's frustration with my defensive tenant was familiar to him. <laughs> you know shout I mean? out, shout out, Freddie, man. <laughs> but it's but it got me thinking about how like if if you if you take how I talk about Loki or, or talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, frankly, talk about Shonen stuff, talk about Marvel stuff. There are times when I can get into this mode where I nitpick something to death. And so I can imagine it, it might be frustrating, right, if I spend the first half of an episode being super literal about Loki, only to turn around in the back half and be like, hey, what's the problem with Teddy? It's dumb anime bullshit. It's great. What yeah, are you I mean, about? like, it's also like, I mean, this was this was a complaint when we were talking about uh, how we actually, you know, didn't mind the Snyder cut. Yeah, After that's kind true. of that like savaging yeah. basically yeah. <laughs> every Marvel Marvel project for yeah. months leading up to it. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like there is a the, the, it's it's to be understood how how one might ask is it Uchi Wally or is it one Mike? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, uh, <laughs> but actually, I'm glad you brought up Snyder Cut because I think Snyder Cut is a a good initial point about how. Dumb anime bullshit isn't just about anime. It's it's a it's a more general thing, and because that phenomenon is real too, right? That I you know the people who you know the, let's call them DC partisans, right? The the DC comics partisans who can't stand all of the goofiest Marvel stuff that I too don't like, but then will defend movies. I mean, I, I've also defended Batman versus Superman on this podcast, but you know what I mean. And it, and it does sort of if you're an outsider looking in at this conflict it's like these the two sides right the two aesthetics that are being pit against each other it can seem a little arbitrary but i'm here to say that it's not arbitrary i think dumb anime bullshit is a real substance it's a real substance in our art in our culture in our lives and we're gonna talk about it <laughs> why did i and also why did you do a common ai pause with your <laughs> And we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! First, I want to answer because the the Loki Tenet episode from last week we we got a good number of listen listener emails in response to it. Uh, a distressing number of those emails saying things like "Charity, you're absolutely right," uh, which was a surprise <laughs> to me. <laughs> but I want to note. That sixty percent of these emails mentioned Steins Gate, the anime, <laughs> the anime Steins Gate. <laughs> I have, I look, I haven't watched Steins Gate. I'm glad people brought it up because, Yo, like, I have you I, watched it? I start, like, I started it, and I, you know, could not hang on. Like, it was like one of those things where I, it was. I think the setup is like some situation where he's writing notes to uh somebody in the past like it's you know remember that keanu reeves movie with sandra bullock where they like send that there's one mailbox and they like write each other letters and shit you made and this up this is i'm that. not kidding no. that, I, i'm not kidding it is this is a thing that exists 
and I watched it with my mom one time and it sucked. And I'm telling you that it happened and it was like and time travel was involved. Same thing with Steins Gate. It's like he writes notes to somebody in the past, gently turning the like, you know, events of the future. And I mean, I just I just wanted to see some some, uh, you know, dumb stuff. So I ended up watching Fire Force instead. <laughs> Fire Force. Okay. Um, okay. A man of culture. Um, but I'm glad again, 60% of respondents to this episode brought up Steinsgate. So you'll know Steinsgate came out in what, like 2011? I Don't hold me to that. Um, I think 2011 Steinsgate aired. So there is a period of anime. I will roughly describe it as like late 2000s to very early like 2010s that I have blacked out. You know what I mean? Like it's sort of medieval. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a dark ages type situation for me, dog. Like a lot of that anime is bad. If your anime came out after 2007, but before 2012, it was probably trash. And I didn't watch it. You know what I mean? It was sort of like after there was the a lot anime of anime was trash. No, it's just there was like a lot of commercial tumult in anime at the time, and you could see that reflected in the trends and in in what people were watching, what studios are greenlighting, and it was all sort of moe and MMORPG stuff that I remember the names of, but I blacked it out as a sort of global anime trauma. And Steinsgate is one of those things where it's just like, I've always known of Steinsgate. I didn't watch Steinsgate, guys. I didn't. I'm sorry. It's just, that's not my lane at all. Even more than Shonen. Like, I, I laid down a marker weeks ago of like, oh, I'm not, I'm not into Shonen. Like, oh, I hated Dragon Ball Z as a kid. But like, Steinsgate is even further from my wheelhouse. I will say that. Um, so I didn't watch Steinsgate. I'm sorry. That ain't my culture. Yeah, this is... It's- <laughs> That's you. That's what you sound like. Anyway, like, yeah, that's it, it, so a lot of those emails were about Steins Gate, um, but the the rest of them were about basically, uh, well, one, you wanted to know, like, how many of the Loki episodes we'd actually watch. I have I had watched like all of the available ones up to the time of recording, which I believe were four at the time. That, yeah, that episode I watched came four, out. too. I watched four, too. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, like you know, we we watched everything there was at the time, and it just wasn't sticking. Uh, yeah, and it's funny because I I ended up after we taped reading through, and you know what, we actually got one listener email that I thought was like exemplary in kind of explaining like the appeal of the show, right? And it, the person who wrote into us, I'm not going to say their name because they didn't give me permission to do that, but I do at least want to sort of engage with what they said. Um, and they were, they were basically arguing that like, you know, it's a time travel show that's not actually about time travel, right? Like that's not really the point. It's really about the nature of Loki's character and about the sort of like, what is the essence of his personality and sort of the mutability of his personality and his flaws. And it's like, I get all of that stuff about Loki. Like, I I feel like I get the character drama stuff about that show, but to me, and this is where we'll get into the dumb anime bullshit in a second, I think, right? It's like, it's a it's a time travel show that's not about time travel. And that being said, like, the time travel stuff is so much of it. It's just so obstructive and overbearing, you know? So, like, even though I get what in, like, in the later episodes, Loki you know, is actually gesturing toward, it's like, yeah, but 
it's so overburdened by the time travel stuff that's not even the point of the show. So it's this huge tangent that you're always kind of stuck on watching it. Yeah. That's my point about it. Yeah. I mean, like, it's time travel that functions like uh, whatever the, 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 the nightmare factory is in Monsters, Inc., like it's basically they have they have doorways and sentries and people punch in and out and like it just yeah I mean like I like reading it as that as like you know a souped up version of that movie <laughs> which is a funny way to think about it yeah like I like I understand it as that but still you know yeah but the the thing that led us to ultimately compare it with Tenet or at least me to compare it with Tenet right was that my point was that Tenet um. You know, Tenet ends up spending a lot of time over explaining time travel, but it does it in a kind of arrogant way where it's kind of telling the audience to like fuck off after a certain point and just get with the movie. And I think that's the essence of what that begins to sort of get at with the essence of dumb anime bullshit is right. Like to me, the difference between like an American comic and a manga series, right, is from the first panel of a manga, you'll you'll maybe be given some setup about this this sort of supernatural state of the world or about superhero characters or something like that but it's always on the level of like look you have you have all of 30 seconds to wrap your head around this pre- premise and like cough up your suspension of disbelief otherwise get the fuck out right that's very much not the attitude of a marvel thing a marvel thing is always kind of like got its hand in its pockets and like it's pacing around the room constantly talking to itself, you know, (laughs) and trying to like muster up the confidence of keeping up the ruse of its premise in a way, right? That feels so embedded in a lot of the superhero stuff in general, right? Where it's not enough to say, yo, here's this dude and he has powers. There's always a sort of tension of like, oh, how could this person exist in the real world? Whereas like anime, it's like the real world is more or less not a thing in anime. You just, exi- like every, the context yeah, that's true. Living the- memory is, that's true. Living memory is not really a thing that exists in like most anime. Or like, I mean, like gestures to the outside world are like small or used as like, you know, a means of like a minor means of world building. Say, for instance, we were talking about Jujutsu Kaisen and there being like however many unexplained deaths in Japan per year. That's like, like they are all like the result of um, curse, like, you know, curse curses that like, you know, those unexplained deaths are the results of curses. Therefore, we have uh, Jujutsu sorcerers that exercise them. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, like, it is sort of a thing that you just kind of, like, accept as true. Like, when we were talking about Lupin, it's just kind of like, there's a samurai. It's present day, but, you know, Lupin and Jigen are riding around in a 68 Fiat with a samurai. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that Fiat is fire, though. Um, yeah. It's the nicest a Fiat has ever looked, uh, is, is <laughs> Jigen Daisuke's Fiat. Um it's actually, okay, so bringing up Lupin again, right? That's a good example where if you take the French the French Netflix drama Lupin and you take Lupin the Third, right? Like, remember, remember in the episode we were talking about Lupin, we were talking about how annoying it is that in that last episode when he's smuggling into the gala, right? He has to smuggle into the gala so he can hack things, so he can steal the donations from the evil French man. And 
the thing they do to smuggle this this tall Senegalese man into the gala oh, is just he's in a box. In a, he's in a box. They put him in a box. And the, and he's just kind of like, yeah, we need this many hard drives yeah. in order to complete the transaction. And again, this is being said in big 2021, right? Like when computers <laughs> are very small, like there and there's not even like a double take. Yeah. Like yeah, I mean, like it is kind of really dumb, and but it's dumb in a way that to me was the opposite of of dumb anime bullshit energy, right? Like what that scene needed, what that show needed was I more mean, like, dumb anime dumb, bullshit. Dumb he needed to get into bullshit. that building in the most ridiculous manner there possible. Needs, it needed to be more Rube's Goldbergian. Like yeah. it's like there needed to be something insane that was just on the edge of inexplicable. But like, you know, kind of works within the logic of this universe that you've created. Yes. Not like as a means of we need to get we need to connect, you know, plot point A to plot point B and, you know, I don't know, put them in a box. <laughs> is what yes. That seemed like. And it, it's sort of like it, in conversations about Lupin, for instance, we compared I was comparing it to Sherlock, right? And I get that there are people who don't like Sherlock who think the stylization of that show is annoying and not true to the books, which tangent. I think saying that this TV show is not true to... Anyway, I think it's a stupid argument. That said, I think the energy of something like Sherlock is truly dumb anime bullshit energy, right? Like the Mind Palace. Like Sherlock's Mind Palace is... Like that is basically manga panels, right? Like the idea of like solving a problem in a way that is like... Again, it feels like a show like Lupin would just be like, it would just be a close-up of a guy for three seconds. But then Sherlock is like, no, we're going to make this an elaborate hallucination sequence. That's dumb anime bullshit, dog. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, with, like the, 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 the Verdana, like, bold type stuff going across yeah. the stream. And like yeah, calculus, like derivatives <laughs> being flashed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Coffee stain equals. <laughs> yeah, it's just like... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh yeah, I like I will concede your point that Tenet is 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 more like, you know, committed to its dumb anime bullshit about like I mean, which we talked about. It literally says like, you know, you just it's instinct. You have to just feel it after literally in a co collegiate lecture hall explaining the physics that they're going to just kind of like get bored with 45 minutes later anyway. But yeah. Um it is like, you know, if Tenet, if I watched Tenet like with subtitles, you know what I mean? Like if it was, I feel like, like exaggerated voice acting. Yeah, with exaggerated voice None acting. Did. I feel, I feel like I would have, it would have, I like it, maybe it would have taken, I, I, I would have actually enjoyed it. It would have been amazing. Tenet might have been the best Christopher Nolan movie if it was an actual anime. Uh, that's, that is, that is fair. I'm trying to imagine that. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm willing to give the movie that much credit, even as the person who liked it. Um, okay, no, I mean, like, it's, it's, of course, that's, like, over the top. But I mean, like, it would be off of, like, the bottom, you know? Right. The very bottom. But what do we think, like, and we, we're fleshing this out in real time, right? Like, what are the, what is the substance of dumb anime bullshit though? Because to me, I guess the key component is confidence bordering on arrogance for one. Right? Okay. Like confidence bordering on arrogance. 
Um, I think actually maybe it's just the two because all of the other things I can come up with kind of go back to one, which is that like there is a confidence in like explaining this convoluted setup, but also a confidence in abandoning that setup to uh, achieve some sort of like purchase on an emotional arc. You get what I'm saying? Like there's like, there's, there's a willingness to basically forget the rules of the universe. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. This is it. You're hitting on it. Yes. For a willingness to forget the rules of the universe. Um, and a confidence that that doesn't cheapen the story. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear. Especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com. Slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Yes. Because it, it can't be a kind of thing where you like, I think your your initial point too about like there's a layer thing too, right? It feels like a lot of the time American stuff that I don't like, the problem is it'll be some sort of science fantasy premise, right? And the premise will be one, it'll take the real world as its basis and it'll it'll add like one, one layer, layer. Yeah, of whimsy to it. And it'll be like, okay, well, this is this is a superhero, but everything else about the world is boring. Everybody, you know, has a bullshit job. Yeah, I mean, like, stuff, it's, right? yeah, it's just like he, and he lives in Cleveland. Like, it's just, there's not like a, there is, there's no, like, there has to be like, in, in, like a certain level of world building has to take place. Like there is, um, you know, actually, like where remember in the like I think it's like in the second, maybe the third episode of Keep Your Hands Off Oz again when she, you know, is explaining to her best friend while she's scribbling in a notebook, being like, This is the perfect setup for like an anime town. 
and yeah, it has yeah. like all of these different levels. Like it has multi levels. There's a bridge leading from one one bank to the other. There's an underpass beneath that bridge that's you know big enough for a bike path. There is a, there is a clearing on the other side that's big enough for a market. Blah 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 blah. And it's basically being able to see how this entire world moves without the central character before you even introduce them into the story. Yes. Yeah. The yes. Which which I I think I can. Or you do it, it at the same time. Like yeah. Like it's like their 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 position in the world and in the story is pretty hastily rendered. But I can I can boil this down to a theory, right? Which is it's the difference between setting an interesting story in a sort of ho-hum boring world versus setting an interesting story in an interesting world, right? It's the difference between like Star Wars and Iron Man, right? Like Star Wars, it's not just that you think Luke Skywalker, whoever is interesting. It's that you think Tatooine is interesting, right? There's so many layers of whimsy and abstraction. It's not just about one one sort of wild card element being added to otherwise mundane things, right? Anime is all about compounding whimsy. It's it's why you get, like, we were talking about Haruhi in the time travel episode, right? Like, the thing about, you know, Haruhi works because it's, it's about a girl who has the power of God. And also, she doesn't know she has the power of God. And also, all of her friends do know that she has the power of God and they resent her for it because she's kind of clumsy and bumbling and inconsiderate and doesn't know all of the destructions she's wreaking on the world all around them. And also, all of these characters are in high school. You know what I mean? It's like five layers of whimsy just to set up the premise of something like Haruhi Suzumiya, right? And it's sort of, I feel like a lot of anime of a lot of different tones. Like, I, I guess, um, like, Kunihiko Ikuhara, right? So, like, most famously associated with Sailor Moon, but I think of something like Mararu Penguin Drum, right? Which is like, that's a magical girl anime about the 1995 Tokyo sarin gas attacks on the subway, right? Like, that's the thing. It's like you're compounding so many layers of whimsy and absurdity. And that's what dumb anime bullshit is. It's a, and that's, I think, where the confidence comes in, right? It's sort of, yeah. Like, you have to be confident to not just have a good premise, but to have, like, five good premises that all stack. Yeah. In I a really mean, multidimensional like, probably way. Probably, in the, in the dictionary, next to dumb anime bullshit is Ichiro Oda. Like, I mean, like, because One Piece is a thousand episodes of stuff where there is no plot holes. Like, it's, it's, it's like, it's insane. Like, it's like, there's, it's... Wait, it's, explain this to me. Yeah, yeah, explain this to me, because I don't, I don't know. No, I mean, like, because you, you know, like, the basic setup of One Piece of there being, like, the One Piece being this giant treasure trove of, you know, this, like, island of treasure, basically, because, uh, you know, at one point, this guy named Gold Roger got in a great big boat and robbed half the world. Um... And uh, the setup is that there's this kid named Luffy who is going to become king of the pirates and you become king of the pirates by finding the one piece, right? Simple. Except in this universe, there is also, it's at the edge of like the pirate era. So there's the Navy and the Navy has their own hierarchy of powerful warriors, just like the pirates do. And among pirates and the Navy, there are, um, 
like, uh, what are they called? Curse fruit users like that. And like there are different levels or different types of like cursed fruit that allow for like different sorts of elemental and supernatural abilities. This is self-evident, but this sounds like dumb anime bullshit. To me. It's like, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, it's even just the way you're just like, the way it, that just I, like, like yeah, how long it's taking me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like how long it's taking me to explain to you what happens in the show. Is but, the, but can I, I want to, I want to say something, which is, so this, this jazz is what you said about it has to be kind of complicated and kind of like intricate. And yet, paradoxically, I think the thing is, easy to follow. Yeah, the arrogance and the confidence is such that you can take all of that intricacy and complicatedness and basically pack it in and force feed it to the to the reader or viewer in a way that it actually doesn't feel that complicated when you're in it. Right? Yeah, because it's there I mean like when you're in it it's very like the a co- like a story that moves confidently kind of allows for you to ignore certain things it points out what you can ignore or like rather, you know, what you can ignore is like obvious or what you need to pay attention to is obvious. Yes. Yeah. I agree with that. All of this brings me to like, okay, you and I had harsh words for the Falcon and the winter soldier. Right. And then I ended up writing about it and I feel like one of the, the sort of critical responses I got to that piece was, and it's a common response to a lot of, you know, criticism of comic stuff, which is like, I don't get it. You're over-interpreting it. This is, it's like stuff for younger audiences. Like it doesn't need to have the narrative integrity of Shakespeare, right? It's a sort of, you know, argumentum ad childishness. And here, I, I finally feel like I'm landing on what my problem with that defense of Marvel stuff is, right? Is if, if the idea goes, and I don't think this is right. I think a lot of this stuff is clearly pitched to adults at this point. Um, but let's say we're talking about shows that are pitched to kids, right? The thing that bugs me about the Marvel stuff is, okay, well, if that's the case, make it dumber. Like, make it more ridiculous. Like, I think the problem with, like, Marvel shows are like middle management. You know what I mean? It's sort of, they're too, they're kind of too... It's they're ridiculous enough, right? That you can think to defend a Marvel show by going, well, it's just for kids. And yet they kind of are too mundane to really stand up with that defense. They're too, they, they, they act too much like they have back pain, those movies and TV shows. You know what I mean? Like, like, does Natasha really strike you as something produced by a child's imagination? No, she strikes me as somebody who has a 401k and just left you know, her dentist appointment. Like, that's the thing. It's like, if if the idea is that these things are a vanguard of childishness, then make them really fucking childish and give me some real dumb anime bullshit with these shows. Yeah. You know I, what like I mean? It's, that, that is true. A lot of... And the thing is that, like, you can see it in the in the off-duty Marvel look with, like, you know, yeah! the leather racer jacket and the baseball hat or whatever. It's just kind of like, these are divorced you know, like divorced dad or mom, like <laughs> fantasies. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> absolutely the case. <laughs> like, yes, yes. And I, that is to me the heart of why, like, whenever I'm trying to, when I'm grasping for comparisons on the show, I go to dumb anime bullshit. It's like, look, if you want to, there's a world in which these things can, in fact, be defended on the grounds of like, just go with it. Why are you nitpicking it to death? 
But in order for me to get with that defense of these shows a lot of the time, I feel like they need to go bigger. And no, Loki does not qualify. Like, I get that Loki strikes people maybe is a bit more fun-loving and ridiculous. But even then, I just look at it and I think this thing is so insecure in, in a way that only like a 35-year-old could be insecure about telling a story about time travel. And it's like, you know, goddamn well, at 18 years old, you would not have bothered with like 90% of the stuff about time travel that that show tries to overexplain to you. You would just, you would be on your dumb anime bullshit. You would dedicate like 90 seconds in the first episode to setting up the TVA and everything else, and then you would keep it pushing. I mean, yeah, like it, it's true that that like it would. I mean, like, yeah, that was what we were talking that like there is there is less room for like the idyllic character drama that, you know, a uh, listener who, you know, shower made lameless emailed us in about. Yeah, I mean, like it is. That's true. If you were <laughs> you would like just kind of keep moving. Like, that's the thing that was like, was so good about like the first 25 minutes of Mortal Engines is <laughs> like sort of setting up uh, this, 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 this post apocalyptic world where like cities move around on tractor tires. And there was, and the, and the, and the period that we're living in now was called the screen age and like cracked iPhones exist in like the equivalent of the Smithsonian. Like, I mean, I I obviously did not stick around to see what happened in the movie, but that seemed like, you know, some pretty good dumb anime bullshit. And they only did it in the first 20 minutes. Damn. I, I will say that in live action in like the West, the only thing that I feel like the Wachowskis are the, the they remain the force of people in the West who get it right. Like Speed Racer. I feel like a lot of the Wachowski stuff has this sort of basis of understanding of what it means to to acquire a certain transcendental confidence and to just go balls to the walls right and make a speed racer movie that is a speed racer movie rather than making something that's just like well, a, a gritty speed racer movie. yeah <laughs> a gritty speed racer movie or like you know uh you know tvy speed racer movie like there's because i mean like the when the with the when the choices between the two for one of these kinds of franchises that's you know marketed towards children the answer is always yes <laughs> you kind of need all of like the sides of it <laughs> somebody's got to die but also it's got to be bright lights and like you know explosions and crazy music yes one one of the last points i do want to make though is that I think maybe comedy, right? Or comedy action is sort of where I end up talking about dumb anime bullshit. But I think the beautiful thing about that level and style of confidence is that you really could use it in a lot of different, like Underground Railroad, right? Like the the Amazon TV adaptation of the Colson Whitehead book, right? Like the thing I thought that really works about that show, despite all the things you could, all the baggage you could bring to that show and go like, I don't want to watch another thing about slavery. And yet the thing that works about that show is that that is a show that is very sort of beautiful, but also gruesome. And it's also about slavery and racism and stuff. And yet the thing that holds that show together with its weird sort of um, 
the the surreal passage of time and the way in which it's not true to history and it's anachronistic, the thing that makes that show hang together, a show about slavery, is the fact that it is driven by dumb anime bullshit. Like you can use dumb anime bullshit to do anything in any genre. That is the beauty of it. I hereby compel all the showrunners and directors across the world to go forth in the spirit of Asamu Tezuka and do your <laughs> dumb anime bullshit. The Wachowski, Zack Snyder. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's you have it in you. Why am I ending this like a sermon? Or like Howard Dean at the 2004... <laughs> Make your special investigators hand a gun. <laughs> I too am America. I too am America. Honestly, that, I think that's all we got this week. I just really wanted to sort of circle back and, and do all... I, I don't know. Is there any stuff that... What is the stuff that you hold closest as like defining examples of dumb anime bullshit or, or something that just has that kind of confidence to it. Like what are the main things that you could recommend to listeners or even just things that we know our listeners have probably watched or read or seen? Uh, Especially if it's not actually anime or manga. Oh, um, Hmm. Especially if it's not anime or manga. I mean, honestly, Audition, like by Takashi Miike, I can always suggest that because I mean, I still don't know how the movie ends, and I've seen the movie several times. <laughs> like, I mean, is she in the apartment or not? I honestly don't know. Like, it's crazy. Um, let's see what else. Um, I think Burn After Reading counts as dumb anime bullshit. Like, really go back and watch that movie, Burn After Reading. Dumb anime bullshit. The tone of it. And again, that's something that is very like bureaucratic, right? In DC. And even that. A freaking Coen Brothers movie. Arrival. Um, by Denny Villeneuve, also dumb anime bullshit. Yeah. You know, once you can read the alien language, you see time as a circle. I mean, and real. also understand, like, you know, finally the meaning of life and love. Um, I will, I will end this. I mean, you know what? We'll find people are going to email us telling us stuff we forgot to mention at this part. I'm drawing some blanks. Our listeners will email us at soundonlypod at gmail.com. Uh, I will say Emily Yoshida wrote a very impassioned text message to me. Um, what did she say? She was talking about, she listened to the episode. Primer is the best example of what you were talking about, Haruhi, and how time travel bullshit should be annoying and frustrating. I mean, yeah, man, come on. We're in good company. Like, there, you know what I mean? Like, there is a critical uh, cabal of people who are into dumb anime bullshit. Get on our level. Soundonlypod at gmail.com. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Micah Peters. Shouts out to our producer, Erica Cervantes. We will see y'all next week. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.